1: Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Simon and with me this week is Joe Scrabbles. Hello, how are you? Good. <laughs> I, I am well, thank you, yes. tired. No, very good. I've very already said week. good, I don't want to know. Alright. Uh, oh, I thought you were just saying you were good. Are you good? Am I good? Yeah. I'm great. Ah, oh, good. <laughs> Matt Perslow, where are you between good and great?
2: Uh, I'm probably closer to the great. I've been off this week. Yeah, i wonder if you've had a week off. We've I brought you back in for this.
3: I want everyone to know that Matt's doing this on his holiday. That's how committed yeah. he is to
1: talking about the It'll all the become game apparent why about. though, because yeah. you can't keep this boy away from it. Um, <laughs> first of all though, if you've been keeping up with IGN this week and maybe our social channels, you will have seen there's some more serious stuff going on. Um, we're not going to be speaking about that this week for numerous reasons, but just letting you know it's not yeah. forgotten, but, uh, no. You can well, we're just going we we to have a nice on, time here. We, yeah, we have yeah. an
3: open letter on the subject. If you want to catch up, you can go and read that. That is all we'll say about it during this podcast.
1: Yes, because we have got Matt Persler here on his week off for a very specific reason. And that is because, Matt, Deathloop is coming. Mm-hmm. And Deathloop is maybe not what people, including me, actually
2: thought it was. Why is that? <laughs> it's because <laughs> it's not a roguelike. <laughs> Which is what I think it, well, it sort of, it sort of is and isn't a roguelike, but I think it's more distinctly not a roguelike than it is. So, if anybody doesn't know what Deathloop is at the moment, it is a game, uh, announced in, in 2019, wasn't it? That mm-hmm. um, it's from Arcane, so the developers of Dishonored and Prey, it's mostly the Dishonored team, it's the Leon studio. And it is a game in which you play a man called Colt, who is stuck on a 1960s-inspired island where a bunch of people are having a massive party, they want to live forever, and so they've trapped the island in a time loop. Colt does not like this. Colt wants to escape, because inevitably it's a bit shit when you're living the same day over and over if you're not part of the big party. Exactly. Um, so when you hear like the idea that it's a time loop and when you die you kind of like the the time loop resets I think it's quite easy to assume that it's going to be a roguelike especially when Arcane have already made a roguelike sort of experimentally with Prey Moon Crash and so like it evokes things like oh, okay so it's on an island and you've got to sort of you know work your way around this island and figure out how to break the loop that also sounds a bit out of wilds which obviously has got an open universe and is on a 20 minute time loop reset um it's not really like that at all you will restart when you die and you will lose all your stuff when you die but that's about kind of where the boundaries sort of sit with it being a Mm roguelite so think of it more like dishonored meets hitman in the way that the game is structured so when you start the game you do like it has like an introductory section where like you wake up on the beach of black reef and you kind of start to understand, okay, I'm stuck in a loop. I've been in this loop for a lot longer because the loop inducts sort of like amnesia into cult, so the opening kind of hour or so is about working that out when it gets to the point where it lets you a little bit more free form and the story kind of like lets you it becomes a nonlinear story, I guess from that point. Is that you have... You know how in Hitman there's like a menu system where it's like you choose your level and then you yep. choose what equipment you want to take into that your level. Your starting location yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Imagine a system that's a bit like that. So the island is split into four districts and those are effectively four different maps. Um mm-hmm. the there's kind of they've all got kind of different things about them, but the one that we were shown, so I haven't played it, I've only been able to watch it being played. Yeah. But was based around the Up Dam district, which is essentially it looks kind of fairly residential, a little bit wall-y lots of kind of big tall buildings. But in the very centre of it is this giant mansion that's kind of on a plateau, very kind of nineteen sixties. It looks almost like it's been sort of plucked out of a Kubrick movie. It's got all of those big kind of, like, rounded windows and stuff like that. So you let's say you want to figure out how to... So to break the loop, I should point out, you have to kill eight targets in one day. So let's say you've got a lead that tells you that, like, one of the people that you need to kill is in this district. So you can go there from this menu. You choose this district following this lead but then you choose what time of day you want to explore it at. So you've got morning, noon, afternoon, and night. And this kind of dictates what is going to be happening in the district at that point. So, for example, in this district in the morning, there's a bunch of engineers that are setting up kind of like a party. If you go there in the evening, that party is in full swing. But like things in the afternoon are open. Let's say like there's a library that will be open in the afternoon, but it shuts at night. So depending on what time you come to the area, it depends on actually what you can explore, what kind of NPCs are going to be there, and what your opportunities are. Um, so you can sort of probably start to piece together by this point the idea that you're going to have to come back to these maps on multiple times to realize everything that's in them to learn what is effectively almost like a detective game system. Like, you need to find every lead you can to work out where all of these eight people are that you need to kill, who they are, how to identify them, how to kill them, but more importantly what their schedules are because you are never going to be able to find all of them and kill them in one loop because obviously you can only do a morning, noon, afternoon mm-hmm. and night and you've got to choose those very, very particularly. So the whole idea of the game is running multiple doom-to-fail kind of days by exploring each of these districts in different time periods to figure out how you can, let's say, there's a guy called Igor, I think, who in one district will, he's a scientist, and he's been invited to that party that's in Uptam. And basically, you need to get him to go to that party so you can kill him and another guy called Alexis together at the same time, which will basically save you time in the overall run. Now, the only way you're going to get him to go is he will have a scientific breakthrough. And if he doesn't have that breakthrough he's going to remember to go to the party because if he does have the breakthrough, he's going to be so elated by that he'll forget to go. So you have to sabotage him, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So Is is this
3: stuff, like, is this information presented to you, like, written down, or do you just
2: learn it? So it's kind of like a mix of Outer Wilds and a more objective-based Dishonored thing. So when you find information, it effectively adds them to an objectives list, Mm -hmm. which are called Leads. So those leads will become more detailed the more, obviously, you find. So kind of like the the demo that they were showing us, the lead was that Alexis is at this party. So you know that you've got to go to this party in Updam. And I assume, you know, prior to the what, the area that the demo was showing, you would have found a lead that would have led you to that lead. And so when you go to the part, like they show you that there's this point where you can go into the library and find a safe, and in the safe... There's something that definitively identifies the person at the party that you need to kill. So you know who Alexis is. Okay. So that adds that to your objectives. It's like, not only is it go to the party, it's you know that he's going to be doing this at the party. And because everybody on the island wears masks, you need things that will definitively identify who your target is. So you do get these kind of objectives that help lead you through. So it is much more directed than a game like Outer Wilds or, mm. you know, a lot of roguelikes are. I think what one of the things they wanted me to kind of like get across with kind of like how I described the game how they did is that it is much closer to dishonor than I think anybody thought. Yes, there's an awful lot of non-linear investigation, but ultimately the game has a linear path that you have to take because it has all these objectives and will tell you what to do. You've just got to find the thing that triggers the objective. This all sounds very smart yes. um, i think that's the
1: best way of putting it it sounds very smart i'm so much more interested in this game now that you've told me all this because before like i'm not i was getting a little bit of rogue like like and liked game fatigue to be honest like i loved hades one of one of the best games i've ever played bit like played rogue legacy back when it was out like played quite a few roguelites but i got to returnal recently i just i haven't finished it i've just burnt out on that Mm -hmm. sort of game at the moment, I think, and I was worried Deathloop was going to be that sort of game. I'd play for a few hours and be like I c I don't want to do this all again. But I'm so happy that it is more like that hitman approach and to a certain extent it sounds a bit like the sexy brutale. Did you play that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love
2: the sexy brutale and yeah, I think there's that you can I mean I'm not necessarily saying that kind of like the guys at Arcane have definitely played that and definitely pulled inspiration, (laughs) but it does feel like it's from the same school. Like because it's more of a puzzle
1: game than it is. Yeah, well, it's obviously thing. from the outset. It looks like a very good action slash shooter game, but as much of a puzzle game as it is, anything. The thing that works for me
3: from what you from you talking about it and from your preview as well is that feeling of. You said it's like a detective game, and that's the thing that I think I I was worried about. Because the doom to fail element Mm -hmm. does sound frustrating if not done correctly. And so I like the idea that there's this feeling of, um, like uh, an informational, like work, you know, through line that takes you, takes you through that game, which I think it, that's what's gonna, gonna really make it live Mm -hmm. or die over the course of a full playthrough.
1: Mm -hmm. And that really works for me. Obviously, from the trailers we've seen, there's a lot of guns, a lot of action, a lot of shooting. Is there any sort of hint, did they, can you play it in a very much Hitman way? Could you just, like, walk into these parties,
2: set up a trap, leave, no one knows you there, sort of way to play? Yeah, certainly what they showed me was, um, I I think, so, if you've watched the video version of my preview, it will look very action-y, and that's because that's the B-roll they provided, which Mm -hmm. I was kind of a little bit upset by because, the stuff that they showed us when they were playing the game had a much better mix of very, very all-out shooty, which Arcane doesn't typically do. This actually reminds me more of Dark Messiah. You get the Dark Messiah kick, which if anybody's played that game, is kind of like the iconic toolkit from it. So you do get to kick a lot of people, um, which I like. And combined with some really inventive kind of like... They are very much staple kind of shotguns and pistols, but... They look really kind of like retro nineteen sixties as if they were designed, you know, kind of for a Kubrick movie. Mm. So there's all of that. But yes, you get you get silences for your guns and you can get uh it's got a specific name, but it's basically a nail gun. It kind of looks a bit like Roadhog's gun where you open the top and just drop nails into it. Nice. And nice. then that's silenced. You get a lot of the powers from Dishonored have sort of come back but been remixed. So they're a little bit more action-y. But when I say action-y, like, you can turn yourself invisible. But it's it's got less of a restriction on it from what I can see. So you can just kind of turn yourself invisible and dart to the other side of the room. Mm. Where Dishonored would be a little bit more of, like, you go invisible and creep. So mm. there's a little bit of a faster element to it. But you can still do... If you remember in Dishonored 2, there was Domino, which allows you to essentially cast a spell on numerous people so if you shoot one of them in the head all of those people that are linked together will drop like a sack of potatoes you can do that but now you can combine that with like a spell called Carnesis, where you can literally then pick those people up and throw them out a window or chuck them off a bridge or whatever you want you know if you kick one of them all of them will go flying Mm -hmm. so it's got those yeah it just sounds very cool like that's the word like from everything from every
1: trailer piece of music art like the way you play it, it just seems very cool yeah and calling something cool can sound very uncool but you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's just they are like arcane do do things differently and this is definitely like it's rare that you can see like we said there's certain elements there's road like games there's hitman there's maybe a bit of the sexy retail there's inspirations here but i've not i can't think of a game that has has this sort of structure before no no. this is something new which is Mm. just great to see these days
2: yeah it's, it's 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 definitely got that deus ex strain to it there's going to be a lot of um because this is the first game that arcane leon particularly have made where there's a lot of computer use so you can go up to computers and use kind of like emails to figure out where people are there's a lot of that (laughs) eavesdropping to find one of the things that they showed you in the demo was you finding a new way into the mansion because you eavesdrop on a conversation they're like oh we know of like this entrance in and it's that thing of like you're constantly gathering information So the way that I put it in the preview is, yes, you might, if you get killed, you're going to have to start the day again, but you still retain all of the information you had. So really your progress isn't necessarily lost. You just say, and you don't have to do the day in order. Like if you were working on a nighttime investigation, you get killed, you just choose the nighttime map again. And like, yes, you're effectively skipping time, but if that's all you need to do and that's all you're focused on and, and you get killed, you don't have to worry about kind of redoing all of this stuff. And if you learnt the code to a door that you needed to get through, but you got killed before you got to the door, Colt is still going to know the code to that door, so you just go mm-hmm. to the door. And so it's got oh, stuff gosh. like that. There's also... you. Their idea is, is that you'll become incredibly superpowered over the arc, so yeah. you eventually get to dominate the loop. One of those powers is called Reprisal, I think, where you get three opportunities to die, and it almost does like a Hotline Miami thing, where, yes, you die, but you come back almost instantly... And then all of your stuff will be kind of Dark soulsy like on your corpse. So you just go and find where you died. Pick it all up. Now you've not lost it. You also earn like a currency, which can be used to permanently unlock your guns. So yes, you might die. And normally at the start of the game, you'd lose everything. Like all of your good guns would go. Now you get to effectively make sure that when you're reborn in the morning, you'll have all your good mm-hmm. stuff with you. There is a lot cool. going
1: on here yeah. i mean and we haven't even got onto one of the more unique mechanics which is the whole invasion system mm. yeah. where home one can invade a game which most interestingly i know it is primarily and by most people used as an invasion system to go into other people's games and mess with them the most interesting thing you told me is that it can actually be a co-op mechanic
2: yeah which was something that took me by surprise because obviously when people say invasion the first thing that you think about is dark souls invasions uh, well so the first thing i think of as someone that is obsessed (laughs) with arcane i instantly think of the crossing which is a game that they never got to make but had got kind of like a fair amount into development onto it and that was a game where it imagine something i guess closer to call of duty for an arcane game but other people would be able to control groups of enemies in the game um Mm -hmm. this is kind of them re-riffing on that but it is more like dark souls in that you can be playing as Colt and then you'll hear like a musical cue and um Juliana, who is his main antagonist in the game, will turn up in the level. If you're playing it offline, it will just be another enemy character in the game, but if you're playing it online, that can then be someone that has chosen to invade your game. And yes, they are if you're playing as Juliana you get scored on doing cool shit in the game basically. But you don't have a specific goal to just kill Colt. So, yes, like, a lot of people, that is going to be their thing because her role in the story is she's the antagonist. But she also definitely has history with Colt. Like, I'm going to... Mm-hmm. S- I think the idea will be is that they were romantically involved or something like that. But it
1: Turns sour, doesn't it, always? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but they, they specifically... <laughs> Christ. <sighs> they specifically said that she's been written... ...to cover any sort of playstyle that someone might want to take. To which the director of the game, Dinger was very specific that this could be... ...if you want to be friendly, you can be friendly. So yeah, the what I've since learned by reading other people's previews... ...that dug into this a little bit deeper than I did... Um, ...the other visionaries and the other eternalists, which are the normal mobs in the game... ...won't attack Juliana on site because she's part of their team... If Juliana starts shooting them, they will eventually clock that she's turned rogue and then right. you can effectively then just work with the cult that you're in the game with and I, just kill I a love the aura. idea of
1: playing this as a co op game and working it out together. Yeah. Like that I'm up for any co op game, especially during the last year or so. But like this seems really fun to play like mm-hmm. together and to be like oh we need to be here at the like does it mean you can even suppose you don't need to be two places at the same time someone can go off and do some kill someone when you're going off and killing another person does I it work s- like
2: that well i think it would have to be like within the same map because obviously um mm. your stuff as juliana does not count to your like it's not like you're playing together in the same way as like it takes two you're actually together fulfilling yeah. the same goals if you were in the Updam district and I was in one of the other districts, like I, it's only my goals that I'm fulfilling. So it's not like you yeah, can sure. get information that helps me. But certainly, if we're together on the same map and we are playing, we've agreed to play it co-op, and you're on the headset with me, you can say, "I found this thing over here. Come and meet me." Yeah. And then, nice. like, at least that's am, what I'm. I get the impression is obviously I've not played it, so I can't tell you how it yeah. actively definitely I, does work. I,
1: I love that sound of the invasion mechanic. I can see myself getting annoyed of it, mainly because people playing it as they should and annoying me. But I hope there's people that don't just, like, abuse it and just, like... Like, it'd be so annoying if you had the perfect plan laid out and then someone goes to one of your targets and kills them for you. It's like, oh, I didn't actually get to kill one of the people on my perfect run. It's like, yeah, I don't feel exactly. like I actually... And I assume you can just go offline and turn it off and play it normally. Yeah, so. and
2: the thing... So, Juliana has, like, an AI routine for her. Um, So, she will... Because she's the key antagonist of the game, she will always turn up. Um, If you are offline, I assume she's not going to be as tricksy as an ai whereas like if i'm playing juliana and i'm watching you from like a rooftop (laughs) the way i'm gonna play that is i'm gonna wait for someone to get to the point where they're so close to getting like the next bit of the puzzle see you're the prick (laughs) that's clearly how you don't just want to go in and just go all guns blazing you've got to you know it's got to be that you know how kind of like the cat and mouse game that's in no country for old men where it's just like that is what i want invasion to be for when i'm playing juliana it is like, it. yeah. I am, I'm not a, like an invady kind of person.
3: Like, that's not what I get my kicks out of. But there mm. is something about this that really works for me.
1: Like, I'd feel if, bad doing it to just strangers, I think. But if it's one of you, I'd be like, hey. I feel much better about doing it to strangers. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> I, nah. I'd, I, I don't know if, uh, I I'd, how... I'd have to pick the right friends to do it, too, because some would just get really annoyed. Me? So, yeah. Um, yeah. I would um,
3: <laughs> I would be... Like, is there any comms? I don't know, because obviously... Because they are characters that talk to each other, so it would be kind of weird if there were, but... And I guess yeah. that maybe stops it being quite as griefy, like, if you don't have someone
2: shouting at you. Yeah, I'd hope it... Yeah, because the thing is is they're very big on story arcane is and they definitely want julian to feel like she's a story character and i know they said that they've written so much bespoke dialogue for the two mm. of them so that when juliana does turn up they are having active conversation and it should be different each time you're on a different loop each time you get a different invasion Where yeah i think having any way that the invading juliana could say something to you i think would spoil it's supposed to be a campaign at the end of the day and yes this is a cool wrinkle to it but i don't want it to feel like it's a multiplayer game unless i'm playing with you guys and we've decided Fun funny for... if you just see someone on a roof to just go Hello. <laughs> just out and out.
1: Hello, mate. Just like the, C- I... the cfe's microphone uh, megaphone yeah. even i am Hello? interested in um uh like
3: i'm interested in how they're going to make co-op work or not work because obviously if you're playing with someone else presumably juliana doesn't have the access to like the information or the Mm -hmm. leads that the other person has so like how do you how do you get around that like and how much can they hang out before they're kicked out and that kind of stuff like i think there's there's questions to be answered there that i am excited to see the answers to but i i wonder if it's as cut and dry as you can play it as a co-op game that as, as i think some people have taken it to mean
2: um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's very much like if Juliana's going to be friendly with it, you get an you get essentially someone that can control a buddy that can kill people for you. Yeah. Like, she's got no bearing on you actually solving the puzzle. It's just, it's nice to shoot stuff or set up ambushes mm. with another player. Yeah. Nice. I can't wait to play
1: this game. It's out in September now, isn't September it? September um, yeah, yeah playstation 5 and pc i want to say it's yeah.
2: not on ps4 is it? it's just no no it, even yeah they've they've made it very clear it's a playstation 5 exclusive which i know a lot of people will look at it and go it doesn't look like a playstation 5 exclusive but obviously arcane has a very distinct art style but hmm. they go for mm-hmm. and it's very much style over photographic kind of imagery well and i
3: think yeah. you can see how that um How that style can benefit from tech as well. Like if you compare, like I recently watched no clips, a brilliant documentary about the making of the Dishonored series, Mm -hmm. and like when you see those clips of Dishonored one, you're like, fucking hell, it looks so much worse than two. And you kind of in my head they looked identical, but they are actually very, you know, they've Mm they've moved on a lot even within their own art style. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Deathloop, how they kind of take advantage of
1: that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of games that don't look as good as you maybe remember, but. (laughs) Now look better than ever, uh the Mass Effect Legendary Edition we talked about it quite a bit last week um with our good friends Lucy and Tam. I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect this week because I can see why people love these games and I can now firmly say that I love these games. Why do you think despite they took despite this week only off? playing? <laughs> yeah. Despite only playing the first one at this point, I I feel like I'm nearing the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm on I'm on a planet called Illos, which yeah. feels like I'm reaching an end. Um I'm having a great time. I've made decisions that I'm very happy with. I'm a full paragon boy. I've been charming everyone. I've been very good. I did a little bit of accidental renegade stuff, but we won't go into that. Uh, I didn't know. I did a, I did a deal with someone, which I thought was actually for the greater good, but turns out it's a renegade decision. So mm. got a slight little bit on my renegade bar, which is a, a blotch on my record, but I'm having a great time with this game. Like true, it's not the best playing gameplay I've ever played, but I think it's perfectly good and serviceable. I don't
2: I don't think it's by any means bad like I think it plays a lot better than I got it in my head that it would do because Mm. I've not played Mass Effect 1 since just before Mass Effect 2 came out I played it again to effectively make sure I got a good save file to go in um so that's what 12 years ago something like that it's been a long time um and yeah the I think the guns feel really punchy and I don't know if that's something that they've just done for Legendary Edition. I think
1: the sniping feels really
2: good and overpowered as well, if I may add. Mm -hmm. uh, So sniping used uh, to be shit because there used to be, it was very much kind of like almost based on stats. So if the dice roll didn't go well, you just wouldn't hit anything. (laughs) Whereas now it's like it feels really good to get a headshot with a gun that sounds like a cannon going off.
1: Yeah. I had like a burst fire sniper rifle. That was good. I can't remember what brand that was, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I know, for a lot of people say, like, the step up to two is just gigantic. oh yeah and, like, it is. you, like, and two is the one that people really fall in love with. So I can't wait to reach that. I probably will in the next couple of days. And yeah, just a little update on my Mass Effect journey. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for because there'll be people like me that, uh, you know, playing it for the first time, but I've, I've got rid of a certain character because I didn't like them when you have a choice to save someone. Uh, and I managed to keep someone alive who I think I could easily have lost. So there's yeah. just some vagaries that I'll probably talk with you in private with Leia. But, um, yeah, this is. It's. Is, like, I still think the world building they managed to do. And I've been doing quite a few side stuff. The first game's a lot shorter than I thought. I've only played like they're, 16, 17 hours
2: and I'm near the end, I think. They're all a lot shorter than you think they are. And that. And probably for good reason. Like, I think. I obviously love a massively expansive RPG that will keep me going for, like, 80 hours or whatnot. I think Mass Effect is good that it feels like... I mean, the first one's got more fat than I think any of the others have got. And at the moment, like, people talk about the first one being the better RPG. I don't think it is. I think it's, like, all the better RPG stuff about it is flitting through inventory and making sure Mm -hmm. that everyone's wearing the right armor and yeah i'm over that
1: now yeah Yeah,
2: like i think mass effect 2 does such a good job of stripping all that away and focusing on the actual role playing elements of it like Mm -hmm. rpgs are not defined by stats they're about Mm -hmm. kind of making you feel like you get agency within a world and i think mass effect 2 does that so much better but there's still quite a lot of good shit that's going on in M- in ME1. I must say, the romances are not as good as I remember them being.
1: They are very good. I thought much... that. I kind of just, like... I've I've romanced um, Liara, just mm-hmm. so you know. That Correct. is who uh, is my romance partner currently. Uh, I've heard it op- options open up a plenty in two as well. Oh, I've they heard. do, yeah. So, uh, maybe I'll, you know, as I said, they turn, always turn sour in the end, so who knows what will happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty much like two conversations and then like, all right, we're we're together now then, are we? (laughs) My memory (laughs) of
2: Bioware romances is that they were so good because they made you wait until you got to a point where you Mm. had sort of fallen Mm. in love. I think that's just because my memories really of romances are from like Dragon Age Inquisition. Inquisition does it so, so well. Like that's game long stuff. Yeah, um, which felt so satisfying to kind of like gradually kind of build a relationship with someone. Mm. Yeah, Mass Effect 1 is like... My shepherd mistakenly just kind of went up to Caden and we've been on one mission together and Caden's just like, do you, uh, do you feel like we should be taking some shore leave? And I'm like, fuck oh. off, Caden. Like, <laughs> we barely know each other. You get, you get, uh, Liara joined you and then like instantly he's like, I think we have a special connection. Like, no, we don't. We don't know each other. <laughs> oh. I think
1: we did though. That's where we differ. I think we instantly, I felt something there. Um, I think it's the blue skin. I think it's the blue. I mean, you do you. Yeah. Well, don't have to now, do I? <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, let's uh, let's move on to something altogether more silly, uh, which is Warzone. We're going to talk about Warzone again, not for long though, so don't worry if you don't give a shit. Um, but they're doing something fun that surely everyone can get on board with, which is adding '80s action heroes to Warzone. This week, John Rambo and John McClane have entered the fight. <laughs> I've already bought my John McClane uh, character. I'm, how can I not? And best of all, they've added the actual Nakatomi Plaza building to the middle of Warzone. Where is Where is it? And is it, it downtown? Looks, so, yeah, it's downtown. They've replaced, um, we call it big and tall, you know, yeah. the yeah. biggest build, the broadcast mm-hmm. tower. They've replaced that and four blocks around it to look like the surrounding area of Nakatomi Plaza. And there's just, I haven't... I'm yet to play it myself. I've seen lots of videos and clips of it, though. It looks amazing. Like, the interior looks like it should. There's a fence you can crawl through. In the bottom, they have um Argyle's limo with the big bear in the back of it. Like, there's so many cool little touches like that. I've not, it's...
3: Sh- I've not actually checked this. You know there's the vault you can open, and it's yeah. in the correct place. If mm-hmm. When it opens, does it play Ode to Joy?
1: <laughs> I ha- I So I also have deliberately not looked at what happens because I want to do it, and then... Yeah actually do it like, myself and see what happens
3: obviously i know there can be licensing issues whatever but if it doesn't play ode to joy when it opens i will genuinely be it quiet must do
1: surely <laughs> like, like they've got enough <laughs> licensings in that game to afford that's, ode that's to Joy. it's just
3: all i can imagine also i'm I, like it's amazing that they've done all this and i think it's genuinely a very cool addition how is there not an alan rickman skin like, yeah. there are too few games with the likeness of Alan Rickman in it, and I think it would be a fitting tribute to the man. Uh, maybe
1: maybe the family estate were against it, who knows? Yeah, I, don't yeah, know.
3: I mean, yeah, maybe you don't want to watch Alan Rickman be shot repeatedly, but I don't know.
1: Uh, um, they've also, I really but... at them, they've added some, like, survivor camps from Rambo 2, I've not seen Rambo 2, so uh, that's a blotch of my uh, CV, uh, but... Uh, it is staying uh, in
2: for a long time, like... Is this a permanent... It's, it's,
1: it's a limited time event. I don't know how limited. Like, for me... um Like, I was talking to about Bay last night. Like, I just wanted to do the Fortnite thing. It's just keep adding these things. Like, keep adding, like... Until, like, you eventually just get a theme park movie land, like, <laughs> in a few months' time with all these different buildings in it and stuff. Like, it is quite funny to
3: me that they... <laughs> that they've spent so long retrofitting everything they can to make this something like a narrative... And then, like, two weeks later, i just like, oh fucking Nakatomi plazas in it now. <laughs> actually, like, Shown up. We've lifted what? it from LA. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Like, it's just... They flip between... Uh, maybe this is a symptom of, like, how many teams have worked on that game, but it just feels like no one's actually got an idea of what Warzone should be.
1: Uh, maybe really they strange. just didn't, like... Despite it being a massive Call of Duty thing, maybe they just never did expect it to take off like it did. Like, I suppose... Oh, well, what was... um. What was the first battle royale? Blackout. What, what was and, it called? Blackout. And that didn't really like it did okay. But, but that's that's know. the thing. Like there are rumors that they were making Blackout two,
3: and then Warzone mm. just got too big, and they were like, well, yeah, we were going to do a battle royale a year, and now it's this is all we have. But it just feels like no one has a fucking clue what's going on
1: with it. Yeah, um, I'd like. I'm sure there's a few people out there that care about. <clears throat> The whole overarching narrative of dance and like Adler and what's going on with all this stuff. I personally don't. I just want them to get silly with it. Keep doing yeah. stupid stuff like this. Like, just do it. Just, who do we want next? What other 80s action heroes could we get? Obviously Arnie, but from which?
2: Mm. Commando so or later. Predator? They did this thing oh. in, uh so I've not played Ghost Recon Breakpoint, but my housemate has. And apparently there's just, like, a mode in it that they did a DLC where it just turns it into the fucking Terminator, and it's just, like, full out, all out, like, Future that. War. Yeah, they did that, and they did that with Predator as well, um,
3: where Predator just got dropped in and you'd, like, <laughs> you, would like, was hunting your team. And it's like, that's perfect. I mean, yeah. Ghost Recon Breakpoint is shy, just, that it's... Add- <laughs>
1: add arnie and then put commando predator and terminator skins in as like like reward you can I'm earn by thinking. doing something.
2: you know kind of like they did the event where the the ship washed up on verdansk and zombies came out of it just yeah. fucking have a spaceship no a big time bubble opens up and loads of terminators come out and we get to shoot terminators <laughs> just yeah. go wild
1: who knows we can we can hope for more uh because i'm not gonna lie I like Stallone, but Rambo has never done anything for me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested in the Rambo verse. Um, but, uh, the Rambo thing, <laughs> it's probably been called somewhere that oh, somewhere by someone. Oh, we ruined language, haven't we, with this shit. <laughs> uh, maybe this build out, yeah, get Samuel Jackson from Died with a Vengeance in as well. Nice. and Team oh, him up. Yes. Yes. And Jeremy Irons as well. Why not no, Just get them all don't in? Don't put
3: Jeremy Irons <laughs> in anything. <laughs>
1: He's great in die hard of vengeance. He's fine. I
3: just ah. don't like Jeremy
1: Irons very much. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 happened?
3: What? Uh, I don't know, I just it's just, it's death by a thousand cuts with him.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> really did not like Eragon. Um, um, yeah. No, that was awful to be fair. Um let's talk about uh, some TV or film stuff. I don't think Jeremy Mines is not in any of these, is he? No, good. Um, (laughs) We've all been watching different Netflix shows because Mm -hmm. we're just such cosmopolitan people. (laughs) Yes, we are. Uh, Who wants wants to go first? Who wants to talk about their Netflix show? I can be
3: brief and say that uh, Castlevania continues to be fucking amazing even if you don't give a shit about anime or Castlevania. Um, It's uh, genuinely... I just every time I watch it I'm like I can't believe they actually like made this. <laughs> like it's horrible. <laughs> it's really really weird. Um and continues to get weirder. It will spend entire episodes on like quite heartfelt chilled out dialogues, heavy stuff with very little like mm. horror action. Uh and like it also commits to the idea of being a binge watch so much that Episodes regularly end on notes where you're like, that's not how you end it. Like it's re it just constantly surprises you. Like it will just end after a conversation and you're like, there's no cliffhangers. Like they're just, they treat it like we wanted to make a really long film is basically what you get out of yeah. it. Um, and like I'm just delighted it exists. I'm sad that it's coming to an end. There are wider reasons why it's coming to an end. And I think they're doing quite a smart thing with it where it's like, We'll just make a different Castlevania show with different people, and that's how we'll do it. Um, and nice. uh, I am super into that. Like, I, I just, I just think it's like, it's, it's one of the most surprising things on Netflix. I think like it doesn't, it shouldn't exist, and it does, and that's very cool.
1: I should probably give it a go. I haven't watched a minute of it, but like you said, I, I'm not into Castlevania or or anime. But like you said, you don't need to be. So mm. uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. Is the because the Dota one is coming soon, isn't it? it's already out. It's out. They've already, oh. they've already commissioned they the They release stuff every season. day, don't they? Jesus Do like, Christ. The... These days, they announce that and release it like the day before yeah. they announce it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's going on?
2: Have you watched the Dragon's Dogma one? No, I got told it was absolute shite, so I didn't yeah. bother. So I kind of like, the only one I've watched, so it's not the video games one, but I watched the Pacific Rim one like, oh, yeah. a few months ago, because obviously I did, it's got fucking giant mechs in <laughs> <and> it, hasn't it? <laughs> and it was just the most boring thing, like eight episodes of sheer tedium mm. and so i've always been like are all of the, obviously i know that's not i shouldn't go okay one netflix anime is yeah, bad yeah, yeah. so they all are because they obviously all come from different studios i did watch blood of zeus and thought that was pretty good that i think in the same way as um castlevania is quite adult and sort yeah. of very weird and it's a, a really strange approach to Greek mythology but that was pretty cool but i, I have been meaning to watch castlevania for presumably four years now. Yeah. Well the first the first series is
3: like four episodes long mm-hmm. or something. You can really like get a hit get ahead of like what it's mm-hmm. gonna do for you quite quickly. So if if those if that first series doesn't work, then don't bother with it. But it's just like it's got really interesting takes on religion, it's got really interesting takes on like uh like loneliness is a really okay. big theme in it like it does a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect a show about fucking cutting monsters in half to do <laughs> um but it also has cutting monsters in half and making them explode with a whip nice. which is also good
1: maybe i'll give it a guy i've just started my big sopranos rewatch so that's kind of mm. taken up my mind you know I know that's good. So I'm safe there, aren't I? That's um fair. Oh, what I've also been watching is they dropped volume 2 of Love, Death and Robots on Netflix, which I think was about 2 2 maybe even 3 years ago now the first series of that it dropped
2: was airing the week I moved to London.
1: Well, there we go. That is two and a bit years yeah, then. Um it's the I think there was, like, 17 or 18 episodes in the first volume, which is, if you don't know what it was, they're all, like, short 10 to 15-minute animations from lots and lots of different animation studios, like 2D, 3D, like, ver variety of animations, um, all themed either around love, death, robots, all three. They're all pretty sci-fi and kind of curated by David Fincher in a way. I don't know how hands-on he actually is with it, but... Um, you can see some of his stuff there. The first season, I liked a handful of episodes. I thought they were really cool and some of the art styles were really cool. Probably about a third of them, maybe, and two thirds. I was like, Sigh. I don't know, like half of them were boring and half of them were just overly gratuitous in yeah, different ways. Quite sexist
2: um, in many ways, which was a shame because there's some really talented art going on in those. Yeah. But, yeah. The, can you remember the one that was a bit like, a uh, like Doom Meets Pokemon, which I thought yeah, looked yeah. fucking rad? but it was really quite sexy the end at the same was time.
1: Quite, Yeah, the yeah. end was quite uncalled for. Um, yeah. The good thing, so there's eight new episodes that dropped last week, and it only takes you, what, less than two hours to watch them all? Um, which I just did it in one go, I just put them on, and, like, a similar deal, half of them I was kind of like, I know what I'm getting here. Um, like, I, you know, you've... I don't want to say you caught me for a boring story but I knew exactly where it was going and their cool little concepts. And half of them I quite enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed like they've obviously focused on just eight this time and I think they're of a higher quality in general. Um and they are a lot less gratuitous. Like there's only really I think there's only like one like love scene in the whole of these eight episodes, so you're not getting any of that stuff. And there's maybe two episodes where there's quite a bit of violence, but mm-hmm. the rest are more kind of just thoughtful sci-fi pieces the first ones kind of it's more of a comedy i still haven't watched mitchell and the machines and i need to do that this weekend but it's kind of what i imagine that's more like it's like an old lady fighting off some rogue robots it's quite funny i've seen a screenshot Uh, from it yeah yeah there's another one which is like a twist on some kids at halloween like uh like an alien comes in their house on christmas eve that's quite a fun twist on that it's just like a simple concept that takes less than 10 minutes to tell it's the last episode that i thought was brilliant because it's unlike any of the others it's called the drowned giant and it's an adaptation of a uh, jg ballard short story Mm. and it's basically just it's narrated by a man and it's i think it's the direct prose from that i've not read the short story so i'm not Sure, but it's basically there's a beach in England, and basically a giant man, like I don't know, 200 foot long, the size of a container ship, naked man is just washed up on the shore of this beach, and it just tells the a 10 minute story of basically this body slowly decomposing and the town using his body parts. It's very <laughs> odd, um, but it's just it's just so it's so much quieter and thoughtful than all the rest, and it's just like I, I liked that one a lot. I think me because it's different because. And the others, it's again like a seven-minute action scene event, essentially where like, someone's just trying to make Blade Runner in eight minutes, which isn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> but this one was just different, and yeah, I like that one a lot. And I should have looked up what the animation studio is that did it because they were very good. And well done to you if you're listening, because it's <laughs> very good. Um, but yeah, I'd you know that's the good thing about these like. They're only ten minutes long each, so if you're not into them, it'll be done quickly. And if you're liking them, you've got, to, you know, they're good to fill the gaps. So yeah, I'd, I'd recommend. It's, even if you don't want to watch more, the Drowned Giant one is just, it's it's it's, it's nice. And different. Well, I will go yeah. and watch them after this and very it's also, podcast. That one is the only one that, like all the rest, are fully animated. This one seems like it was doing my head and trying to work it out because. <laughs> I think all the shots are real shots, like the beach and the town. They're real. They're real, like pl- just camera shots. But then the people look uncannily real, and I'm not sure if they filmed real people and just changed the face. Like it's real uncanny valley stuff, and it's obviously the giant isn't real, but <laughs> but-, but-, but he looks like the face looks real, like. It's it's really like it was doing my head in like what what it's, is real here and what is animated? It
3: sounds like you've had some sort of existential crisis <laughs>
1: worthy of a JG Ballard short story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was brilliant. Um that's Am I like, the like, giant I was, Yeah, like that's the one that caught my attention most. Uh yeah. Uh watch it. It's only about like, ten minutes long. Watch it. Yeah, Matt, you've been watching something altogether less impressive, I've
2: heard. Yeah, my my (laughs) advice here is don't watch it. The show is Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, It looks like toilet. (laughs) So I got given the the episodes about a week and a half early. I only finished them yesterday. <laughs> oh, that's how. So I was. It really them...
1: does look like Netflix have seen the boys and gone, "We need one of them."
2: Yeah, effectively. <laughs> so I got. Uh, you might have seen some coverage of of this show on the site. I the reason why I got given them early was you have to watch things before you can talk to the actors about them for mm. obvious reasons. So I <laughs> watched the first few, got an idea for what it was, but so before I went in because of the way that we like to talk about comic books in those interviews I read all the comics it was a comic I'd never really been super interested in but I read them for for research turned out I really liked them they were they were pretty good um, the whole idea is is that it's a bunch of people in the 1930s who were going through the Wall Street crash and the great depression their their kind of leader of their friendship group has a bit of a mad crisis thinks they should go to an island in the middle of nowhere and when they get there it gives them superpowers and then they effectively become a kind of justice league kind of team um it's got lots of interesting things about kind of like the morality of being a superhero like how far you get involved in american politics are you allowed to like run the country or are you just effectively the superheroes mm-hmm. that stop bad things from happening and that politicians do all the work so there's loads of interesting stuff there there's a big kind of clash between younger and older generations so there's lots of interesting stuff to work with and also there's a prequel comic which is set like in the 1960s which is basically just madmen if they all wore spandex because the whole comic is just, just ex- make that yeah just- <laughs> honestly, it would be so good because all of that is just about them like cheating on each other and kind of like getting into trouble or like one of them's a closeted gay person is trying to figure out how to come out, but the fact that he's a superhero makes it huge, which reminds me massively of, was it Sal's storyline in, um, Madman? Yeah. In yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just that, but he wears a, a superhero cloak and all of that <laughs> I thought was really interesting. None of that makes it through to the TV show. The TV show, doesn't even matter. I thought they were going to set it up. There's a major kind of like Game of Thrones style plot twist that happens in issue three of the comic, which effectively puts the comic on its main trajectory about what it's mm. all about. And so I assumed it would be pretty bold of them to stick that in episode two. But mm. maybe this is how the show will end. Like we've not got through the first issue of this fucking comic. Right oh my now. god! What? They have <laughs> what are just they doing? Put so much filler nonsense into it, and I can see what they're thinking. It's like comics move at a much faster pace than TV shows do, anyway. So I understand the fact that they need to put extra storylines in there, otherwise, an entire kind of forty issue thing would be done in twelve episodes. But the amount of filler nonsense that's in this, and just trying to find ways to make it stretch out. It just makes every episode tedious. So just get, tedious.
1: Just get to the good stuff. Like, get to the stuff that will get you a second season that they probably... Well, pro- I don't have no... In- like, they might not get now, but and get to the good twists and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's well,
2: interesting, because what I didn't realise until I interviewed Mark Miller <laughs> is that Mark Miller's company is owned by Netflix, which is why there are so many Mark Miller comic books <laughs> being adapted for Netflix. So I don't know if that means there's more of a guarantee that it gets a second mm. season, mm. but... I don't think it helped that all of its marketing shows you kind of Josh Dummel, is it? Is that? De Hamel? De Hamel, yeah. yeah. In his costume that does look like it came from like a YouTube original rather than a Netflix <laughs> show. Um, yeah. in his weird wig, cause obviously they all have to play characters in the 1930s and the 2020s. Mm-hmm. And so they've chosen people that are very much in the middle of those age ranges, just sort of accepting that they'll live longer because they're superheroes. But then just putting grey wigs on them. So there's only one of them that manages to look any good as their older self. Um, yeah, It's just yes. a, a real weird... There's a couple of pretty good action sequences in it. But some of the extra plot lines are just so... We read some DC comics and were like, Oh, that's a good plot line. If we just change who the people are and just import it into ours, mm. then that'll work. Because everybody loves superhero storylines. It's just... Yeah. Tedious. Sounds like
1: a missed opportunity. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, Should have made I probably a two season,
2: two season deal and it would have been great. Luckily, yeah. Invincible is on Amazon, which is a much better superhero show. There we go. That oh, is yeah.
1: Matt Perslow's superhero show recommendation. <laughs> nice.
2: I don't think I've spoken on the podcast
3: since I finished Invincible, but basically it's fucking brilliant. Go and watch Invincible. Yeah, it's good. I, it's good. I, I do
1: need to catch up on that as well.
3: I've got one more episode to watch, and it, the, it's, like better, the, it's better than The Boys. I don't understand why The Boys exist when Invincible does. That's my deal.
1: <laughs> we can have both. A bit of both. A <laughs> bit, bit <laughs> for everyone. Nah. Uh, <laughs> do you know what everyone loves without a doubt, though? <laughs> What's that? I know. The endless
2: search. Oh yeah. <laughs> Inside, it's the UK and crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hot up? the DJ, we coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is The
0: endless search.
1: Joe, are you gonna make us? Chain our
3: brains together. you're chaining your damn brains this week because <laughs> uh, it's easy for me to come up with it uh, and even then I hadn't come up with all of the categories before I came onto the show, so I am ready I've got something
1: for your brains to chain
3: um, Ooh,
1: so just uh, remind my brain this is just we just take turns to name sign in a category until one of us fails basically exactly it's
3: just back and forth. Who's got the most knowledge about a series of somewhat obscure categories? <laughs> who's
1: got the stones? I'm going. I'm
3: going games only again. Yeah. Who's got the stones
2: Ooh. and the mind
1: stones? Oh, see, games um, only. Are, Matt has the edge of me there. Throw the films in. I know my films. Not you, are, you
2: are better at film than me <laughs> by a distinct mark. Let's do
1: football. Let's do- <laughs> let's let's go for one that I think could be
3: shortish. Maybe. I'm okay. not sure. I want you to name games that feature a bow and arrow. <laughs> Cardi loves a bow and
1: arrow, so it's, every um, time there's a bow and arrow, he's going first. Bow and arrow. I do so, love a bow and arrow, watch me lose this. Um, who's going? Are we doing the one in a series thing again?
2: Uh, not for this one. Okay, cool. Uh, Cardi, you will go first on this. I will go with Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I will go with the latest addition to Apex Legends. <laughs> Apex Legends now. That's- Includes a is bow that technically
1: it? a crossbow? No, no, it's not. It's, so a, it's cross- a composite bow. bow. I, this is actually a good question. Does a crossbow count? No. Okay. Uh, Long clarification. Adjacent. Um, bow. Clarification. Ho- Vertical bow. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah. Shadow of
2: the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Nice. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Assassin's Creed
1: Valhalla. I forgot how many Assassin's Creed's have bow and arrows in them. <laughs> Should we limit ourselves to one each, Assassins? Is that fair? Yeah, I'm
2: fine with that. Okay, yeah,
1: fine. We can, yeah. Otherwise we'll be here forever saying that. Uh, chivalry. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Um, the, uh, the Last of Us Part 2.
2: Mm-hmm. Thief. The Dark Project. mm
1: I will go with The Last of Us. <laughs>
2: uh absolutely does. Yeah. I will go with Dragon Age Inquisition.
1: I will go with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. It's a kill streak, the uh flame of, the incendiary bow and arrow.
2: I will go with Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna uh, go on, and I <laughs> thought this was gonna be a lot shorter.
1: <laughs> uh, to, uh, I, I'm, my brain's not working; on this I'll probably fail soon. Um, a bow and arrow game,
2: Team Fortress Two. Does,
1: does that have one? one? I'm guessing uh, it does. It
2: does. The sniper can have a bow and yeah. arrow for as far nice. as I remember. I'm pretty nice. sure I've seen. Nice. Yeah. seen it it's an unlockable primary weapon. Um I will go Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. <laughs> I'll go
1: with Predator Hunting Grounds. You can have the Predator Bow. Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: you can have bows in Baldur's Gate 3.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, see, here's yeah, where we stumble on the repetition. I can't remember all the ones you've said. Have you already said Divinity: Original Sin two? You I haven't, mean, not. No. No, I don't think. But there are I'll have That one, then, please. <laughs> yeah.
2: It will go tyranny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is gonna go. The off. thing is, Absolutely. I could
2: just keep naming RPGs are the same fantasy worlds. Okay, yeah. I'm. In, I'm. I'm
3: adding a. Uh, <laughs> I'm adding a stipulation that it must okay. now, from now, be a first or third person game. <laughs> What? Because this is what you'd originally <laughs> thought before I threw the spanner in of just anything that... I got no, I originally... I was waiting for someone to be like, uh Age of Empires. But then, <laughs> now that I'm actually c- confronted with the reality of this...
1: <laughs> when you say third person, you mean traditional third person? Traditional So no, single, like, isometric or anything?
3: Yeah, yeah, traditional kind of above or over the shoulder third so, person. So, like... Single character okay. type stuff.
1: Well, that took my next one, buddy, out, Um I will have, though... Oh. Mm. You've done me there, because I had loads that weren't that. Um, the, what's the, what's it called? The hood game that just came out. <laughs> nice out
3: <of> <laughs> Legends and
2: Outlaws. Mm-hmm. Far Cry 3. Oh shit, here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm, now, far... I'm now adding. <laughs>
3: Single series. You can say the <laughs> one you had, Cardi. You can ha- can say the one you had.
1: Far Cry 4. <laughs> I should have gone Primal.
2: <laughs> um, Shouldn't. Primal shite. I'm going to go out on the moon because I've not played this, but Mordhow?
0: I, I think that. Mordhow is. does,
1: yeah. Because we had some fun with that. Yeah, it definitely does. Quiver and Beef Boy. <laughs> indeed, boy. Uh, um, starting, Yeah, I'm starting to run out now. Um. Bow and arrow. Oh, Valorant. Did Valorant have it? I've not played Valorant. I don't I, think it one occurs. One of the characters has a bow that you can send out, like, radar-like things. Oh, does it have to yeah. be a killing bow? So, so uh, he does. Yeah. Can equip his bow with different bolts. Yeah, it's not technically a weapon. You can, but yeah. Uh, but
3: yeah, uses yeah, a bow can, and arrow. Yeah,
1: that's fine. It's a bow and arrow. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Can I have the bow out of Gears of War Three? Let, <laughs> let, let me have a look at it this is up. great bow content the talk hour, bow hour, yeah i mean mm. bone arrows it is talk
3: yeah. talk bow i'm not sure mate it doesn't look very bow and arrowy to me <laughs> it doesn't look very it's kind bow. of an upright crossbow
1: yeah, is it a drawstring where you pulling it back? There's that's no, the
3: key question yeah, here. Yeah, it's a triggered weapon. I'm going to say that's incorrect. Okay, and Matt <laughs> that's just fair. to end the suffering. I'm <laughs> going to be very clear and say no. Uh, that's a that's uh, a win for Cardi. All right. Well, now I'm worried about like this it. next category because just... I thought this was similarly small. Mm-hmm. Games that feature a double jump. And specifically, I'm talking, you press the jump button twice, not jump dash. No
1: jump dash in. Okay, that's Matt first. Okay. Um, are we going one in a series for this? Yeah, because... we're going one in a series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to think of a certain plumber.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mario. <laughs> Which one? Uh Super Mario Sunshine.
3: See, I'm not... Actually, oh. sure whether Sunshine has a double jump. <laughs> Is double jump not just
1: part of the
2: toolkit no. of every Mario? Oh.
3: No,
1: no, not in the two D ones. Uh, oh, oh, oh! No, you're wrong.
3: Huh. <laughs> um, and Sorry. that was what I was hoping for because most Mario games don't really have a double jump. Um, not? They have a ground like. You jump, and then you jump
2: again on the ground, and you'll get a higher jump. But that's not a double jump. So I win. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say it takes two, because I know it obviously does, because I was literally playing it. Well, night. see, I but, played you your own game there and put the plumber yeah, in your yeah. <laughs> So I was like, I'll steal that from Cardi so he can't yeah. say it. I love that. That's absolutely brutal. That's like, <laughs>
3: the, he's the Juliana to your cult. <laughs> he's, he's invaded your mind. <laughs> uh, all right. It's because I didn't have any. No, it's that, 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 one more, that, 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 one more that, that, that. win for Cardi. I'm going to say cool. this one is game set in World War Two.
2: Oh bloody hell! Is this one Percy series again? Or uh, yeah,
3: because I just thought of Medal it's, of Honor. It's,
1: it's me this though, <laughs> isn't it? I will have Call of Duty World
2: War Two. Yeah, I think that's the safe one. <laughs> like, like, I, I, but, you could have literally just said Call the, of Duty. You could. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I was, was going to go with big, big Red One. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, <Al. laughs> Um Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Mm-hmm. See, mm, 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 mm. See, there's
1: some that are j- around that, and I'm not sure. During World War Two is, is the kicker. Um, let's go with. Oh god, which one is it? <laughs> uh oh. I, it's technically, I, I'm just gonna go with Wolfenstein, the original Wolfenstein. Is that ju-
2: is it during the war? This I mean, is my Wolfenstein debate. I mean, some of them so are as after. far as I'm aware, there's not a game called Wolfenstein. No. Mm, oh, well, yeah. The original look, I mean, I will, g-
3: it's, 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 it's called Wolfenstein. Where it's th- it's it. called Wolfenstein 3D. I'm, 3D. I'm like, oh, I'll allow that. I'm just looking up the plot. I don't
1: know <laughs> if it's. Yeah, I can't tell if it's just after. Like, is that still in alternative history that the Nazis have won, or is that during World War II? Escape from Castle Wolfenstein. Blaskowitz
3: has been captured while trying <laughs> to find the plans for P- Operation Eisenfaust. <laughs> It doesn't say, say it doesn't.
2: One sec. One <laughs> you sec. Look at, so Return to Castle Wolfenstein, as far as I know, is set in World War II. So. Well, I'm looking I'm looking at Car uh, Wolfenstein 3D specifically, because mm-hmm. that yeah. is the one you
3: meant.
1: I just I'm not cheating this game, I just want to look at Return to Wolfenstein just to see what it says.
3: Escape from Castle Wolfenstein it's... plot. <laughs> oh my god. Doesn't say. Hmm. We found say. It it's a hole in Wolfenstein, Party,
1: distinctly set in World War Two. <laughs> there's there's lots there's lots of games I could have fit. Uh, it's true. Um, this is quite odd. It depends if 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 Matt wants me to have it or not. It's his call. So I think Wolfenstein 3D is set in World War Two. I, given
3: that, and I know it's an alternate history, but given that Hitler is still alive to some extent. In those games I would go. say it is a contiguous World
2: War 2 yeah.
1: <laughs> I think mal will have me on this one anyway Because I can't think of him anymore <laughs>
2: uh, Yeah so I will go for The Outfit I think it's called The Outfit? <gasps> yeah. What is that? I believe like a um, Xbox 360 era Game with a Sherman tank on the front It cover. is <laughs> Developed by Relic <laughs> Yep
1: now here's where I'm gonna m pick the wrong one, but I'm pretty sure Battlefield five is the World War Two one or V. I don't know if they're is it V or v? <laughs> it's Five uh, it is. Yeah. Uh but
2: Oh no, I'm thinking of Battlefield One. You're right, that is yeah. the World War Two one.
1: <sighs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh
2: I'm gonna go for this is one that'll tell you what kind of child I was. Hidden and Dangerous two. <laughs> yeah baby. I loved that game. I oh, used to go around my uncles and play it. If you have
1: it. <laughs> Hidden
3: and dangerous 2, Courage under fire.
1: Oh, I want to say World of Tanks is set. What? It definitely has World War Two tanks.
2: Yeah, in. I don't it think doesn't... that's right, mate. It's Are we not because it's, it's not set in a specific time period because it has tanks from uh, all ages. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, surely yeah. you can play missions from World War Two in it I don't in know. Our World, World of, of Tanks two. ones, it's oh, a wrong.
1: PvP game. <laughs> You're out of here, know, Cardi. You must be able to play online. Can't you play the Battle of the Bulge? <laughs> no. Tell me about World of Tanks. Tell me
3: about the Bulge. Uh, no. So this gives Matt an in. Yeah, it does and
2: give And we're you coming a-
3: into one per series. Games published by EA.
2: Published? Hmm. Am I going first? Uh, yeah,
3: Matt you- is
1: going first.
2: Mass Effect? Mm-hmm.
1: Battlefield to five,
2: Dragon Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. FIFA twenty, not twenty one, <laughs> Mirror's Edge Catalyst, yeah baby. it
1: takes two,
2: Unravel,
0: a no upcoming
3: out. games by the way, just to make clear, a way, a way out, yeah. No.
2: Command and Conquer, Tiberium Sun. <laughs> nice. Ooh, someone's showing up. Uh,
1: the Sims 4. Star Wars Squadrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madden 19. <laughs> I had to pick one. Pick any. Extra stipulation, I'm saying all Star Wars games are now
2: taken. (laughs) Yeah, I assumed that would be the case. (laughs) Need for Speed Underground. NHL 15.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just checking there was an NHL 15. There was.
2: Pants versus Zombies Garden Warfare. (laughs) Yeah, baby.
1: Um. Uh oh. I'm I'm I've gone but I'm, for some reason, second guessing myself ridiculously on it. I'm gonna, uh, dude. Do, I don't. I can't. Are we still playing one in a series again? Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna go with. Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2000, because it stopped and I can't remember, I'm trying oh, to yeah. pick the right year. This is a dodgy one, man. <laughs> I'm going 2008. 2008.
3: 08, whatever they called it. Tiger Woods PGA Tour 08 exists. 08. Well done, mate. <sighs> Tiger Woods is making a very funny face on the front of that cover. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you now. <laughs> I think it should be I think it should be the art. He's, he looks really smug. <laughs> Wait. Uh, here we go. You can come in. Well, i this is a little extra time to think, I suppose. Uh No, I'm not trying to send that on Slack to <laughs> Should I just look it up? No, I've got it, there you go. Look at his little face. <laughs> Ooh I've made a pretty good shot. <laughs>
1: Mm. I uh, Ooh, I'm Tiger Woods.
3: Blee blee.
2: <laughs> anyway, carry on. Might <laughs> my, my go, right? Yeah. The Lord of the Rings: Battle for Middle-earth 2. <laughs> nice.
1: UFC 4. <laughs> Let's
2: check him. Yeah. James Bond Nightfire.
3: Was that an EA game?
2: Yeah. They did three Bond games, didn't they? They did. Uh Anthem. Nice.
3: God, he's taken out the whole Anthem series. What are you going to do?
1: <laughs> Titanfall 2. Yeah, I was waiting for some Titanfall to drop. Are we counting Apex as the same series? Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, what's that? Um. Oh, what's did that? Looking. Oh, what's that? uh Rocket Arena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's out, isn't it? That's not
3: upcoming I'm, I'm, I'm like, Jeff, I flopped it it. it. it did come out. It did come okay. out. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. No,
2: it didn't. What? It comes is out it in July. Out? I thought it was already.
1: I'm out. Sure, it was out. What says it comes
2: out? Or did it, it out go out into in, in beta? Did it go into it?
3: beta? Oh no. Although, oh, wait, you not can buy rec- no. We, you can buy it. What's going? on? <laughs> oh no! It came out in July last year. I forgot the year.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it got done by Rocket Arena. Yeah, that would have been sad, wouldn't it? I mean, it says a lot that we have
2: no idea whether Rocket Arena came <laughs> out or not, <laughs> or I don't. Now this is hazy, and I'm. I think it's on the cover, okay. so I'm gonna go with it. Army of Two. Oh, Army of Two that is an Electronic right. Arts game. Yes.
1: Well done to you. Um, developed by EA Montreal. Burnout Paradise.
2: Mm. Yep. Dead Space.
1: Dead Space. <laughs> Dead Space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we all said it like that. No, <laughs> we did. F1 2020? Uh, <laughs> oh. I'm
3: pretty that, sure. Uh, did that make That's it? That's Cody's one, isn't it? Yeah, was oh, that? I'm
1: pretty sure they published the
3: F1 games uh, now. They? they do now, but they didn't in oh, F1 2020. I should have said
1: 2021. That hasn't come that out yet, so you would have been wrong either way. You uh, backed yourself into a
3: corner. They only just got bought, Cardi. I that didn't know when it...
1: 2020 came
3: out. I didn't I know It's brought it was, it all yeah, the way back. Months. It's two All boys. <laughs> Chainbrain always delivers, no matter how incredibly long it is. (laughs) Boys, we've got a biggie. Oh, no. In honour of Pursler, games
1: (laughs) beginning with P. Come on. (laughs) One per series. Uh, It's me, isn't it? Yeah. Pokemon Red. Nice. Persona 5. Yeah. You bastard. (laughs) Um... This shouldn't be difficult,
2: should it? Uh Puzzle Quest <laughs> Pillars of Eternity. Nice.
1: What is going on here? I can't think. Uh-oh.
2: Plants versus zombies. Nice got in under the wire is it one per series again yeah <laughs> oh fuck um, This shouldn't be
1: that hard should it no
2: i anything that like requires you to be super specific i get stuck on uh, pro evolution soccer nice <laughs> matt's favorite <laughs> series <laughs> paladins <laughs>
3: paladins <laughs> big Jesus. time i love it
2: um
3: I'm going to give you five more seconds. Yeah, okay. Three, four, five. That's yeah. out. Oh, He's yeah. lost it. You're
1: yourself. I had one of your favourites next in a game, a what game was called it? Prey. Pre- of
3: course. Prince of Persia. Anything. Oh. Peggle. Peggle.
1: That's
0: it. Oh, That's all my ones. Good game. Good game.
3: <laughs> that was good big. 3-2 to Cardi. That's a good game, man.
1: I'd shake your hand if I could. Um... Oh, I didn't like that. That looked like you were shooting (laughs) at us. (laughs) Matt just did a crazy shake,
3: and it looked (laughs) crazy
1: shake. Can we open a uh, shake and cake shop called Crazy Shakes? Yes, we
3: can. There's one down the road from me, like uh, you know those kind of like milkshake dessert shops that have unaccountably become really big recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I've got one near me, just called Temptations which I find really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like It's just a normal-looking shop.
1: Temptations. Mad. Um, let's get some feedback. As ever, if you want to send in feedback, it's IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Just like Joe did, not the Joe we've got here, a different Joe, who simply writes this quite offensive email, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I, for one, agree with Jesse... Kind of. I think chips, this is just in relation if you're out living this, uh, Jesse thinking that fish and chips is not worthy of being called a meal, which is quite the statement. He um, calls it
3: a snack.
1: It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Joe agrees with Jesse, kind of. He says, I think chips are just cheap filler and I wouldn't, I sound, I've sounded more like Alan Partridge in my life yeah. than when I just said that. <laughs> I think chips are just cheap filler and I wouldn't choose them as a meal either. Whatever meal you buy, you're buying for the main thing it says on the menu, and then chips come with it to fill the gaps. Fill the gaps! And they ain't, <laughs> and they ain't that great. When I go to McDonald's, I buy two burgers and a drink. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Respect the sea. I don't Love know why. Joe. But... I don't know why, but... When I
3: go to McDonald's, I buy two burgers and a drink. It has a real lyricism to it. Like there's something. It's definitely a, a streets lyric. A, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like a street. It's like a
1: poem. Yeah. When I go to McDonald's, I buy two burgers and a drink. Then I pass the woman. She is dressed in pink. Anyone can be the streets. Yeah.
3: It is. It is it's not hard. Um. I offer her. I offer her a Big Mac. She says goodbye. Hello. <laughs> now I am the streets.
1: Goodbye, hello. <laughs> uh, right. I could do that all day, but no one wants to hear it.
3: Um, that's one half yeah, of the line. Anyone... Finish the line. What? I could do this all day, <laughs> but no one wants to hear it. Right. Um, I'll go down the <gasps> pub and I'll drink a beer. Fit. Nah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that works. It works. Whatever you do works. You don't have to say it in any sort of rhythm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Joe, not you, Joe. Joe that's written in. I don't think anyone's claiming that meals by themselves, chips, sorry, by themselves, are a meal. You could have them. You can put stuff on chips to make them a meal. But fish and chips is a meal. I, I also, I just love chips. Come with it to fill the gaps. (laughs) To fill
3: the gaps.
1: Well, like you play some some crumpets. You just (laughs) stick some chips into the holes in crumpets. Just (laughs) grout. (laughs) That would look, look absolutely way. disgusting. I call it the potato hedgehog. It's chips wedged into a crumpet. <laughs> French, fries a crumpet. Oh yeah, French fries up a crumpet. Oh, my God. French fries up a crumpet.
0: What? Well, here I we know. go. Please uh, stop. <laughs> Please.
1: Uh. <laughs> um, I've got a second one because I was so short. Sure. A second one here from Jeff Smith, who says, What's up, boys? What's up, boys? Oh, not, not much. Listening to you. Uh, okay, good. Um, so I was cleaning my house and running the sweeper as I was listening to the Uncle Cherry episode, uh, if you missed this last week, uh, Tamor Hussain from GameSpot declared himself as Uncle Cherry, uh, it's one of the sexiest introductions <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> um, when the episode, with the episode ending, it immediately went to the last episode I was listening to, except it was the very tail end where you guys pick a song, the song Cherry Pie, which is of course a Warzone <laughs> classic now, mm-hmm. um. I was seriously rolling on the floor laughing and all I could think of was Tam in a cherry outfit, his arms outstretched with a pie in each hand, laying on a red corvette in a bake shop. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're such a you're such an imaginative thinker. It's quite the image. Um Yeah. Um if you're a new listener that likes um If you're a new listener that's like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Stick around. It will all make sense eventually. (laughs) I don't think it will. It's
3: just you'll you'll be inculcated into new and stupider fucking references.
1: Uh, That is from Pittsburgh Jeff, who says, signs off with RTS, which of course is not real-time strategy, but respect the sea. Please respect the sea, for God's sake. Um, Very good. Uh, I I honestly don't think Mike Skinner of the Streets could... Conjure up such an image with his words, so well done, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Red Corvette in a bake shop. <laughs>
2: That's a good line, too. Uh, Matthew. Yes, one here from John Summerfield, who says Hi, guys. Listening to last week's pod made me remember a really specific in game reference that baffled me years ago. Booting up Tony Hawk's Underground back in 2003, I was prompted to enter my name and hometown into the character creator at the start of the game. I rightfully filled in my hometown as Leeds. When I got to the Manhattan level, I was amazed that there, graffitied onto the wall down a side street, was the Leeds United FC badge. That's amazing, I thought. Neversoft have programmed all the UK club emblems into <laughs> the game and it pulls your hometown info to show your local club in the graffiti. <laughs> As an adult, I now obviously realise that someone on the assets team was a white supporter and had slipped in the reference. But as a 13-year-old, this was the most incredible bit of data usage I'd ever seen. Not sure <laughs> why a California skateboard game designer was a Leeds fan, but hey, apparently Russell Crowe is too. Oh, and while yep. you're here, respect the sea, yeah? John, still in Leeds. <laughs> Casual. Respect
0: I like so that. yeah?
3: I like that. I like the idea of that being um, you walk to the beach. And you see the guy, you know, the lifeguard guy on a bit, on his big chair, and he's just like, <laughs> Respect to see, yeah." And then when think... you don't, he's furious.
1: Yeah, I think Leeds do actually have quite a decent international fan base because of a certain age of people, like when they were in the in the eighties, and uh, quite a good side. Getting quite a good side again, may I add, under the tutelage of Marcelo Bielsa. Um, I had something similar though, like when you think something in a. The game is like reading your data or something like this is a, and this is a really freaky one like um and it's pure coincidence but when i've played gone home the first time like the opening of that game is quite creepy you're like what is this game is it a horror game within and you're just walking around this dark house and there's a big like family portrait but it's just of the parents of the house was it your mum and, and dad <laughs> well here's where we're going with this it's like a mum a picture of a mum and dad and then the caption on it just says Mum and Dad uh comma Terry and Janet and those are the names of my parents. And I was like, What is going on here? <laughs> like are they have I connected to Facebook or something and they're reading this? Like so I didn't know anything about Gone Home. I was like, Is this like some sort of new thing where they're read like doing some Kojima stuff? <laughs> and I was like But no, it's just everyone has that in their game and it was pure coincidence. But this I was is- I spent a good twenty minutes like searching on it like gone home, read, like, connecting to stuff. Like, what's going on? This is a good, um... This
3: is a good, uh, good text topic. I want to know gaming coincidences. That sounds quite fun. We call
1: it the Gaming X-Files. No. No, I don't want to. No? Okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I've got an an incredibly long, uh, bit of feedback that I have not read because, uh, Cardi said I shouldn't and that I should read it so we're going to find out what this is together it's titled very strangely also to point out as Cardi has the email came from Neil but he signed it off Steve so that might give you some <laughs> sense of layers what going Uh and it is titled late to the butter party hyphen chub rub solution
1: i haven't read the whole of this so i don't know where it goes but there's a certain line that jumped out to me i was like this is for us okay i'm, ex- I'm very excited i have thinking, no idea what this echoes. is if you haven't listened to our sandwich special maybe you're new to podcast go back and listen to that because it's oh, great no. content i've got kind of, if for some reason i've got memories of the last story from that uh, oh okay episode, Are we t- is it that is it that kind of thing okay I, when, do, I feel when did like we ask when did we ask
2: for butter stories
1: um, oh, a few weeks ago, probably a few months ago, just uh, wasn't this the butter bean rolled
2: in ham or ham bean uh, rolled in uh, butter? Uh, yeah.
1: Like, what's the weirdest thing you've done with butter? I may have asked people. That's odd. All right, here we go. <laughs> Hi guys,
3: haven't been a fan of the Game Scoop podcast. I thought I'd give the IGN UK podcast a try. I instantly fell in love with the witty banter. Very kind of you to say. <laughs> and I'm currently working my way through some of your older episodes. While at work, I happened upon your request for butter stories. I know it's a few months <laughs> late, but here's mine. So I live in Scotland and I'm a window cleaner Oh, this is like carry-on film shit <laughs> As much as I love my job It has one very serious downfall When the weather is hot Jub rub <laughs> Often in the summer months things get hot and sweaty My ass crack in particular oh, I... as, a result, as a result of several hours Of going up and down the ladder The red-hot burning friction between my ass cheeks Is at times almost unbearable Anywho Last summer, one particularly humid day, the dreaded curse befell me. By lunchtime, I was walking in a manner not becoming of a normal thirty-year-old, not unlike the way in, not unlike the way in which John Wayne's love child to a crab would walk. Oh yeah,
1: image, yeah.
3: Eventually, I had to admit defeat and go find some form of relief. Gingerly. Gingerly is always a funny word. I climbed back into my van, straining my back against the seat rest so as to keep my scorched air from touching the leather. <laughs> and made my way home. Oh, fucking hell, that's so good. I limped down the garden path and once over the threshold, crawled upstairs and into the... Crawled into the bathroom to observe the damage. I placed my... Oh God, I placed my wife's makeup mirror on the floor and squatted. Oh my goodness! Holy shit! This ca- this takes a turn. My <laughs> my asshole looked like a dartboard. <laughs> That's the line. <laughs> Remember that scene from the movie Predator, <laughs> when the Predator takes off its mask and shows its mouth. Well, that's what it looked like, except with less
1: teeth. <laughs> not none, just less, yeah, fewer teeth.
3: <laughs> I was horrified. Frantically, I searched the cabinets for pseudo creme or a similar alternative. Found to my dismay that there was none.
1: You know where it's going. I be... love... <laughs> Frantically, I
3: searched the cabinets for pseudo creme. <laughs> Desperation uh. taking over, I hobbled downstairs to the kitchen and threw open the freezer, reasoning something ice cold would do just the job. Admittedly, my first choice solution would have been a coating of false soft scoop <laughs> ice cream, but again, none. I clawed open the ice lolly drawer. Oh my god, my options were a fab or a twister. <laughs> twister, it's gotta be the twister, you don't want- and thousands. Well, the sprinkles on the end of the fab Would likely only cause more <laughs> irritation And I didn't relish the idea of screwing A twister ice lolly <laughs> into my arsehole <laughs> <Absolutely>. Slamming it <laughs> Slamming it shut I opened the fridge You know this <laughs> This is frightening <laughs> You know where this is going by now, don't you There on the middle shelf Oh my god, this is so good there on the middle shelf, illuminated by the artificial light of the cabinet, was my chub-rub solution. <laughs> Lurpak slightly salted.
1: <laughs> Not salted! Oh, you need no. the. You need baking butter. I'd even say margarine. Get some flora in there. Yeah.
3: I ripped off the lid, <laughs> dug my fingers deep into the soft, cool <laughs> surface of the butter, and began to spread it onto my anus. After... Oh my god. <laughs> So sorry After a moment of tenderness I would love to add sizzling But it would be a lie (laughs) Relief flooded over me Uh, Oh my god Is this erotic fiction? I (laughs) lathered on more and more Before collapsing in a sweaty gasping heap on the floor (laughs) I returned the mutilated butter (laughs) And after letting sink things settle, Went back to work He says it went back to work I know Fast forward to that evening, I again entered the bathroom and dropped my underwear to check on the situation.
1: I, um, God.
3: Um, there's a phrase I'm not gonna say, but it's basically he says it was covered in a greasy film. And then <laughs> and then there was my pants. The inside of them looked like something out of a Stephen King's The Shining. I couldn't put them in the wash basket as my wife had already found the impressions I'd left in the butter and feared that she'd put two and two together. I don't think she fucking would.
1: <laughs> no one would assume that.
3: So I smuggled them out to the bin and rid myself of the evidence. So there you have it. A my butter story. I bet you won't look at a tub of Lurpak or indeed a window cleaner in the same way again. Keep up the good work, lads, and for love of all things good and sacred, respect the sea, Steve. Steve, is, um... you're an ill man. <laughs>
1: that is... I don't know how to... What to say, really. You know
3: sometimes when you read something and you know that... You can imagine them writing it, and then you imagine, like... I I just... I can imagine Steve or Neil, depending on who this person is. <laughs> the moment they went, I have to tell the IGN UK podcast this. <laughs> Yeah, like, that is something, and I'm we need to, to myself. Forever. We need to reckon with that—that that we've caused this to happen. Like this is our—it's not Steve's fault. It's our fault that we're yeah. reading this out.
1: I'm not against it.
3: I'm not against it, but I am upset that this is my legacy <laughs> as a broadcaster.
1: <laughs> that is God. What a way yeah, to end! Yeah, I mean, where do we go from it? IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com if you wanna. I prefer send your email.
3: I prefer the gaming coincidences stuff to more ass <laughs> butter. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, it was nice to return to butter, but yeah, the gaming coincidences are good. What do we want for some music? Uh, maybe I maybe find some sort of streets like instrumental, and I I, I, I can make a little rhyme up for the end. <laughs> I would welcome that. I'll oh, make a, really? a little retrospective of the podcast in the style of the streets for everyone. How about yeah, that? I'm very I've got into that.
2: better to do, Cardi? Uh,
1: I've got plenty to do, <laughs> but that sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> I was uh, just wondering
3: if there was a song called Smooth Like Butter. There's a tribe called Quest Song just called Butter. You could put that in if you can't be asked, but
1: I'll see. I mean, I'm not going to say I can perform or write rap better than a tribe called Quest. But I'll give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) Alright then. Yeah. Well, let's see what you get. If you're lucky, it's me. If not, it's a drive (laughs) cool quest. Goodbye.
3: Okay, bye.
2: See ya.
1: that is the end of another podcast but no need to worry it won't be the last matt told us all about death loop and a man taught us about making butter and our soup war has welcomed mr john mcclain and joe wants you all to watch castlevania love death and robots there's loads on netflix to see or if you want to be disappointed They also have Jupiter's legacy. Now I'm going to go and play some more Mass Effect. But remember, respect the sea. Jesus wept.
0: Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this.